0: It's the Bradfield Weather Podcast, underwritten by McAllen Construction of Prospect, servicing the entire state of Connecticut for over 25 years. McAllen Construction, from the first dig to the last nail. I am Dan Lavallo. He is Brad Field. Our website is bradfieldweather.com. And Brad, as we put this podcast together on the last day of April, April 30th, 2020, It certainly doesn't seem like April around here. What is going on?
1: Dan, this is a uh, perfectly acceptable way to end the month of this April because, I mean, this, this month has been just awful. It's been gloomy. It's been dismal. It's been cold. And as I look outside my office window, that trend continues. It's a cold day. It's a raw day. It's a rainy day. And temperatures are in the 40s, and I am looking for miserable weather to end the month of April and miserable weather to start the month of May.
0: I mean, we are really off just from an average temperature. What's the high supposed to be, for example, on April 30th?
1: All right, on April 30th, Dan, the daily high temperature at Bradley International Airport should be 67 degrees. And I'm going to tell you, Based on your research last week for the podcast, I did the research this week, there has only been one day this month that the temperature even made it to 67. We have had zero days in the month of April that the temperature has hit 70. So it has been a very cold month, averaging more than 3.5 degrees colder than average per day. We broke all kinds of records in the month of April. It's just been cold. It's been rainy. It's been snowy. Um, we can look at some of those records if you'd like to do that.
0: Yeah, bring it on.
1: Yeah, I'll I tell you, um, the, the, the highest temperature for the entire month of April 2020 was 67 degrees on the 25th. And, you know, you, you consider that there are 30 days in the month of April. We have had one day where it made it to 67. That is the normal high temperature for the state, and it's only happened once in the entire month. Uh, The uh, normal low temperature reading is 43 degrees. We had a uh, low temperature of 26 degrees on the 23rd. Dan, as I was doing the research, one reason you don't plant any kind of tender vegetation in April is that on eight days during the month, eight out of 30, the uh, low temperature was 32 degrees or under. And there were also a few days where it was 33 or 34. So you you measure uh, temperature six feet off the ground. So if uh, six feet off the ground, the temperature is 33 or 34. It is very possible that there was frost down at ground level. So uh, on 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 probably 10 days or more, there was some frost during the month of April. Uh, So, you know, we're we're looking at the cold, the snow on the 18th, 2.4 inches of snow on the 18th. And in terms of records, um, we'll, we'll start with the 27th of April. We broke a record on that day for the coldest high temperature in 115 years of records on the 27th of April. The high was 45 degrees Fahrenheit. The record, you have to go back to 1917, and uh, that's interesting, isn't it, Dan? Uh, the, the record was 46 degrees. That, of course, um, back in the time of the Spanish flu, and now we're dealing with the COVID-19 in 2020, but we had the coldest high temperature on record uh, on April 27th. On April 23rd, We had a record low of 26 degrees, which ties the record from 31 years ago back in 1989 when it was also 26. And on April 18th, the day it snowed, we broke the daily snowfall record with 2.4 inches of snow. And the uh, previous record for April 18th was 1.7 inches back in 1965. So We've got the stats to back it, Dan, when we say it was a cold and dreary and snowy and miserable month. uh, We've got the statistics to back it up.
0: And think about this. All of this occurs while the sunlight is at a more direct angle. And since winter started, we have an additional, as we are recording this podcast, four hours and 48 minutes of daylight and that increases each day and with all of this happening we still are below normal brad
1: that's crazy stuff dan i mean absolutely crazy stuff and you know i was going to save this for the crystal ball segment but as i was looking for um you know the the european computer model is is kind of my go-to model of choice uh there's the, uh, the GFS uh, model, the, the NAM, the North American model. There are various computer models that we use to forecast the weather. But this morning, this yeah, you know, I don't think this is going to happen, but just to tell you, the, you, you go out 10 days on the European uh, computer model this morning, that takes you out to May 9th, which happens to be a Saturday. May 9th, 2020, the European computer model is predicting for that day, Saturday, May 9th, two to four inches of snow for the (laughs) northwest hills of Connecticut and the northeast hills of Connecticut. Now, this probably isn't going to happen. It's a 10-day forecast. But the point is, Dan, as the solar angle increases, as you say, the days lengthen, as you say you know, we're, we're out 10 days into the future, so we're into the middle part of May, and the computer models are still predicting snow for Connecticut. So that just shows you how intense this cold wave is that we're, we're talking about. And that date, May 9th, uh, triggered memories for me of May 9th, 1977. That is the latest measurable snowfall on record. So if, somehow this European computer model prediction comes true, and we do get a few inches of snow on May 9th, uh, that'll tie the record for the latest date of measurable snowfall here in Connecticut.
0: Just simply amazing. You know, I don't want to hear any conversation about drought because I also read where 20 out of the 30 days this month we received some kind of precipitation. So it's been an active month as far as precipitation is concerned, Brad.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. We have to use the word precipitation as we get yeah. later <laughs> into the spring, Dan. You know, usually by this time we're just talking about rain, but, uh, you know, to have to use the word precipitation. And I did also note that in addition to the 2.4 inches of snow on the 18th that was recorded at Bradley International, they also reported snow on three other days, but it, was, uh, it snowed, but you could see it, but you couldn't measure it because it was either melting when it hit the ground or just uh, a trace amount, which is defined as enough to wet a surface, for example, a blacktop surface, but not enough to measure.
0: Just simply amazing. All right, let's uh let's look to the weather map. Our uh, on the weather map segment because I was uh looking at the map this morning, and outside of Maine, particularly northern Maine, it seems the temperatures across the country are getting warmer. Brett,
1: they are. They are, Dan. I mean, indeed. But um, you know, that's the point. Uh, it's it's what we call now our turn because we got off very easily this winter season. Um, I'm talking from the top of my head now, and if you're listening to us from the cold spots in Connecticut, uh, this may not be true at your particular home, but I am thinking off the top of my head that it never once got to zero at Bradley, which is unusual. It usually happens a handful of times uh, during the winter season that you get to zero or or somewhat below zero. And, of course, the all-time record for Bradley, the coldest in 115 years of weather records, is 26 below zero, recorded at Bradley International Airport. But, Dan, zero amounts of times that it hit zero this uh, winter season. So we got off quite easily in terms of, uh, you know, relative warmth, relative cold during the winter. But now it's our turn. So despite the fact that you're saying, and it's true, that the rest of the country is really warming up, the, uh, the big ridge poking up through the southwest part of the United States, uh, places like California and Arizona and Mexico uh, experiencing summer-type weather, and a lot of the country is actually nice and mild under that ridge but we have a deep trough in the north, northeastern part of the United States. And um, when we get to the crystal ball segment, I will uh, talk about that. But it, it, it's, go- it's got legs. It's going to last. Uh, so do not expect um, anything great anytime soon. But now having set the stage with the negativism, <laughs> I will say something very positive, Dan. Sunday – which was what May third, yes, Sunday May third. We could could hit seventy degrees at Bradley. Mm. So I will tell you what we you you know with what we've been through over this last month month and a half. Uh, that seventy degrees, if we get there, is going to feel wonderful. So that that that's a possibility uh, during the. Um, during the day on Sunday. Uh, As you go through the month of May, Dan, we, we see highs uh, go from about 67 on a daily basis to the time we get past Memorial day to about 75 on a daily basis. So may should be a really beautiful, comfortable month. And in terms of low temperatures rising from 43 on May 1st to about 52 by May 31st. So, Think of that, Dan. When we get out to May 31st, we should have a normal daily high of 75 and a normal nighttime low of 52. So if we have anything like that at all, it's beautiful weather for opening up the windows, getting in some fresh air, no need for heat, no need for air conditioning. Uh, May can be a beautiful month. One uh, little caveat here is that we know that the upper atmosphere is still cold and as you always point out about the solar angle and the sun heating up the ground and more daylight and whatever as the days warm and the surface of the earth warms the upper atmosphere is still cold that creates that thermal imbalance in the vertical and that's how we get those thunderstorms those instability thunderstorms to develop And if you have a triggering mechanism come through like a front, cold front, warm front, you can get severe weather. And severe weather can start up in the month of May. So that's something we're going to have to be on the lookout for. Uh, I don't see anything even remotely like that right now because we continue not in an atmospheric battle. We continue with winter hanging on. So when spring finally tries to take over (laughs) and we finally get some uh, above normal warmth trying to push into our region, that's when I think we're going to see the uh, severe weather outbreak, but not until then. You
0: know, and all of this is very fascinating because when you look at the calendar, we're essentially halfway through spring.
1: Yeah. You think about May. Uh, Tomorrow, uh, Friday, is May 1st. And that is the last full month of spring, even on the astronomical calendar, because um, summer usually starts up June 21st, June 22nd, something like that. But meteorological spring is March, April, and May. So we are Deep into the the springtime and nothing even remotely like spring. To to be able to say that we're we've gone through the month of uh, April and had not one seventy degree day is is pretty astonishing. And as I look out to the next ten days, uh, the only day I think that has a chance of being seventy is uh, Sunday.
0: I want to talk a bit about McAllen Construction a full-service construction company underwriting our Bradfield Weather Podcast. And I know that uh, Brad and I are so honored to have McAllen Construction as a part of the Bradfield Weather Podcast. McAllen Construction is a full-service construction company, as I said, servicing the entire state of Connecticut for over 25 years. McAllen Construction is woman-owned, a small minority business, licensed with the state of Connecticut, and fully insured. In fact, McAllen Construction is licensed as a major contractor, a new home construction contractor, plumbing and piping limited P7, a home improvement contractor and subsurface stowage installer, utility, carpentry, excavation, and snow removal for residents, commercial businesses, and state and local governments. Give McAllen Construction a call today, 203-758-3474, 203-758-3474, or visit them online, dot com. McAllen Construction, a full-service construction company. From the first dig to the last nail. Brad, this is the perfect segue for our crystal ball segment. Uh, Let's look into the month of May. Uh, What does it look like other than that 170-degree day on Sunday, May 3rd?
1: Yeah, well, uh, I looked at all the National Weather Service long-range computer modeling, and uh, if we start off... uh, sort of toward the middle of next week, Tuesday, May 5th, uh, Wednesday, May 6th, and go out for several days much below average with a deep trough over the Great Lakes. So we've got the above average, as you state, in the southwestern United States, and that's uh, sprawling all through the west, through the Rockies, through the upper Midwest, uh, through the um, Gulf states. But for us, with the deep trough in the northeastern part of the United States, places like Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, New York are all going to be well below normal in terms of the average daily temperature. And again, as I state, in early May, the uh, average daily high should be 67, 68, 69, 70, rising up toward that 75 by May 31st. So uh, upper 60s, low 70s is where it should be, and we are talking that it will be much below that. So even if it gets to 62 or 63, you might go out one day and say, oh, Bradfield was totally wrong. This is a nice day. Well, sure, it is a nice day, 62, 63. But when you get into the early part of May, if it should be 70, you're talking eight degrees colder than what's average. So you always have to frame it with the term with respect to average. So with respect to what's average, it's going to be much below normal. Uh, You head out into that uh, second full week of May, uh, going from Thursday, May 7th through about Wednesday, May 13th, below average again and considerably below average in Michigan, Indiana, Ohio, West Virginia, Pennsylvania, New York, New Jersey, all of New England, you get the idea of that big trough sitting over the northeast, the the, uh, Great Lakes region, and the Ohio River Valley. And it is not going to move. Now, if we start to try to see an intrusion of a warm front or something like that, you got to be on the lookout for the potential for severe weather. But I don't think that's going to be able to happen. I think the trough is going to hold and the warm air will not get in here. And even looking beyond that, from um, uh, Thursday, May 14th, right on to Friday, May 22nd, so that, uh, that entire third week of May, below average, and guess where, Dan, the only place in the country – is New England. So uh you know for the third week of May sort of the cheese stands alone we're it, we're we're going to uh we're going to see the cold weather here and the rest of the country is going to be enjoying some really uh nice uh late spring early summer type weather.
0: Well, as you know, we like to talk about the why of the weather and what is causing this. We talk about the Greenland block. We talk about the atmosphere thousands of feet above us. We talk about the ocean temperatures. What's bringing about this situation where the temperatures remain below normal?
1: Yeah, it's the, uh, it's the Earth's attempt to stay in a thermal balance uh, where you have a temperature five degrees above normal, you have a temperature somewhere in the globe, five degrees below normal to offset it. So you're looking for these offsets. Um, What we're seeing now is uh, quite different than that. We're seeing uh, major ridges and major troughs across the globe. And we talked about that in past uh, podcasts, Dan, about sometimes you have to wait for a big weather event to, uh, to impact something. Uh, if, if the globe is made up of 75% water, you, you have to understand how oceans play a major, major role in the weather pattern uh, globally. And even a major storm, a typhoon in the Pacific, a, a, a massive hurricane, or a storm with hurricane-force winds in the Atlantic, may impact exactly zero people on the globe because it's out in the middle of the Pacific or it's out in the middle of the Atlantic, and you think that it has zero effect. Everything is tied together globally, Dan. So what would happen, you know, you get this, this hurricane-type condition over the ocean, you get tremendous upwelling of, of water from the depths below brought up to the surface. So the ocean temperature cools dramatically due to that. And instead of low pressure and rising air currents over, say, the Gulf Stream, you've got cold water now over the Gulf Stream. So you've got sinking air and you've got high pressure forming there which induces low pressure downstream. So everything is tied together. So, you know, you, you, you think that something is out in the middle of nowhere and will cause no problem for anybody. But it can cause problems for everybody because of the impacts it has downstream. So, you know, it's, it's an old physics rule that every effect has an equal and opposite another effect. So um, I I think that's what we're seeing. And, uh, you know, I see this pattern persisting for a while, but ultimately something will break down the pattern and and we'll shift it. And we will start getting into uh, more typical weather for the time of year. And also, Dan, we've talked about this too. You can't fight City Hall (laughs) as the days get longer And the sun's angle gets steeper in the sky and it moves through less atmosphere. You get more warming up the ground. So ultimately, ultimately, spring and summer is going to win out. But I've got to tell you that winter 2019-2020, which didn't show its face around here very much, is really trying to hold on in spring of 2020.
0: Which what's uh, makes weather so fascinating, just to be able to see all of this, you know?
1: You asked about the On the Weather Map segment, Dan. Um, I'll tell you what's bringing us this gloomy weather today. Uh, we had uh, low pressure over Detroit um, as I began doing this, uh, this podcast, which, again, is on Thursday, April 30th. That, that system um, has a warm front attached to it. And we are going to be north of that warm front today, so it's going to be chilly and miserable out there today. But uh, you know, later this afternoon, it looks like uh, the warm front is going to push up into coastal Connecticut, and the, the, the warm front is going to get hung up in Connecticut. So we, we could have the kind of weather today that it's actually a little bit muggy down along the I-95 corridor, but as you go up to the Massachusetts Turnpike, It's going to be uh, chilly all day long on the north side of the front. So we're going to have a variation across Connecticut because of that that warm front. Now, by Friday morning, so this is May 1st, uh, the low is going to be over the New York-Pennsylvania border, and a secondary low will be around Atlantic City New Jersey. So overnight tonight, which is April 30th going into May 1st, and then for Friday morning, May 1st, we're going to see rain and I think heavy rain. We could see on the order of one to two inches and don't expect much improvement. So I said a, a miserable end to April, a miserable beginning to May. That low pressure system will be over New York City by Friday evening. And uh, here's the good news, though, Dan. We get rid of this Thursday and Friday. Saturday and Sunday look great. Um, Saturday, the low moves up into Nova Scotia. High pressure develops into West Virginia. Uh, We've got a nice northerly flow in Connecticut, so it's it's coolish, but it's dry. And and, and the skies are beautiful and clear, and the air is clean, and it looks like a a very nice day on Saturday. Sunday, uh, the high pressure will be centered uh, off the southeast coast of the United States, and a cold front approaching from the Great Lakes. So the combination of those two is going to set up a southwest flow. That's why I think Sunday has the potential to be a nice warm day across Connecticut. Uh, Cool front will sweep across on Monday. But remember, when we get that northwest flow this time of year off the land, uh, as opposed to a south or southeast or easterly flow, which ultimately comes off the Atlantic Ocean, which this time of year is much colder. So even though a cold front is coming through, the air actually can be warmer behind the cold front because it's coming off the land and not coming off the water. So uh, we're looking at that on Monday. Big sprawling high through the Great Lakes on Tuesday. So the bottom line I think here, Dan, is Saturday we're going to start seeing improvement. Sunday looks fine. Monday we have a cold front come through. I don't think it's. I think it's an unheralded uh, arrival of the cold front. We might see a few clouds. But it looks like it's moisture-starved. So I don't think we're going to see any rain with that on uh, Sunday or Monday. And then uh, Tuesday, again, looks, looks, looks beautiful. Uh, Wednesday and Thursday of next week, we've got low pressure near Virginia. But I think this one's going out to sea. So it looks like we could very potentially start a nice stretch of weather beginning over the weekend and continuing into the early part of next week. But just keep in the back of your mind, Dan, that, uh, that European computer model prediction of the snow next Saturday. That would be Saturday, May 9th. Uh, as I said, I do not think it's going to happen, but it dramatizes just how cold it is for the time of year.
0: It sure does. Well, that's the perfect pathway to put a ribbon on our podcast by giving us the forecast.
1: All right, well, we'll get showers through this afternoon of the last day of April, and the showers should ramp up into a steadier, heavier rain overnight and into Friday morning, the beginning of May. You might even hear a rumble of thunder. We're going to have a warm front in Connecticut, then being displaced by a cold front sweeping across. A few uh, leftover showers can linger into Friday night. By the time Saturday rolls around, Dan, the sky should clear and they should become mainly sunny, especially through the midday and afternoon. Uh, there could be some lingering clouds in the morning, but Saturday should get better and better. Temperatures moving up into the 60s. Uh, Sunday is sunny and temperature near 70. And Dan, I've got to give the caveat here. I'm going to stop myself and give the caveat right here. These temperatures that I'm giving. Uh, are for interior Connecticut. Now, there can be a big difference in temperature if, say, on Sunday, for example, I'm predicting near 70, 90% of the state will see near 70. But if the wind flips around and all of a sudden turns into a sea breeze, which it can do on Sunday, places like Stonington and New London and Groton and Niantic, and you move over to East Lyme and Old Saybrook, they can all of a sudden see, say, a morning temperature of 65 to 70 drop through the 50s as the day moves on if the wind flips around and comes off the water. So that would be the one caveat that I I give. Now, the, the folks in those areas that I just named, Waterford and so forth, Clinton and Madison, you know, they may suffer a little in April and May, But I have no sympathy for them because in July and August, (laughs) when we're roasting up here, Dan, with temperatures in Torrington and West Granby, 90 to 95 degrees, they're getting the nice sea breeze and it's 80 down there. (laughs) So they're getting no sympathy from me on that one. I hear you. (laughs) Uh, As we head into Monday, Dan, it looks like a mix of sun and clouds. There might be a late day shower. That would be an instability shower. You know, just popping up as the uh, ground warms. Temperatures in the 60s. But then we start the trend toward that much colder weather. Tuesday, sunny and temperatures in the 50s. So, you know, you, you say, well, that's not really cold, Brad. But yeah, it is when it should be up to about 68 or 69 on that day for the high temperature. So we're looking at temperatures about 10 degrees colder than average And then on uh, Wednesday, a mix of sun and clouds and uh, temperature right around 60 degrees, 50s to near 60.
0: Well, Brad, to you and Sandy and your family and to our podcast audience, be safe during these COVID-19 times. Again, we always like to thank our first responders and those on the front line battling COVID-19. We can't thank them enough. And we'll continue to monitor the weather and invite people to visit BradfieldWeather.com for the latest.
1: Well, Dan, very, very well said, and I uh, echo your sentiments uh, toward all our first-line responders. Uh, You know, where would we be without them?
0: No question about it. The Bradfield Weather Podcast, underwritten by McAllen Construction, servicing the entire state of Connecticut for over 25 years. McAllen Construction, from the first dig to the last nail.